play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot cope with him. Can't do it. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers podcast. I'm your host Neil Maligno. With me is Josh, the Data Twister Crocker. What up, Josh? Neil, you just keep hating on the data twisting. Yeah, yeah I don't care. You manipulate that shit for anything you want, man. It makes that's, me, that's the fun part of it. Makes me sick. Makes me sick. But joining us, as always, also Josh is Adam. The I just traded away CD Lamb Cahill. What up, Adam? <laughs> Uh, don't bring that up, man. I'm bringing it up. It has to be. Brought I already up. got flamed enough in uh, in my mentions for that. I don't. I don't need this. But uh, I, I. I mean, when is it just going to be? You know, Josh expected points cracker. Because I think that's. Really <laughs> we can do that. That works too. I say I save different ones for every week, man. So, you know that that that'll have its day. That'll have its day. It'll have a say. You'll be proud to know, Josh, that a lot of people on Twitter support you and DJ Moore, man. I, I made a tweet about it, them, and they, they attacked in full in full force, man. So you guys are out there going hard in the paint, and I respect it. Um, you know how we start off this show, gentlemen. We always take victory laps. Josh can't take a victory lap for DJ Moore. Sorry, folks at home. But do you have somebody to take a uh, victory lap for this week, Josh? Anyone that you, you, know, you feel like you were touting or – you know, all off season or last week or at any point that you want to do a little lap for? You know, I I, I just want to say that I don't DJ, screw this up. <laughs> DJ Moore, DJ Moore is is coming back. All right. Just I don't I don't feel like anybody else has to defend a player week in and week out. I'm feeling a little targeted. So you're taking right? your victory lap and you're running backwards to talk about DJ Moore. Joshua, Joshua. What? disgusting. What? This isn't this isn't what victory laps are for, Joshua. You you, you lost. He, he started with the disparity. Was the wide receiver three? Take a victory lap. Say that again. Keenan Allen, wide receiver oh, three. Yeah, that, I I I honest to God, I had that down that I was going to talk about Keenan Allen's nineteen targets, but he talked about DJ Moore. It's fair, but you know, you just got. Sometimes got we just have to. Think about DJ Moore because uh, that was that was not a victory lap, and it it probably won't be Josh. So just you know, take the victory laps that you can while you can. That, that's the important thing to remember. That's what Neil's trying to teach us. That's right. Keenan Allen got all the targets, and he even gave he even let Austin Eckler have some, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> and I'm gonna send Justin Herbert a nice card in the mail. Hey, there you go, man. You took your little Chargers victory lap, even though you prefaced it by talking about players that did not belong in the victory lap. Adam, would you like to take a straight-up victory lap? Oh, I know how to take victory laps, so I will. All right. Last week, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver one, my eighth most owned wide receiver in best ball. Last week, Cooper Cup, wide receiver eight, my fourth most wide owned wide receiver in best ball. Last week, Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 10, my sixth most owned wide receiver in best ball. Uh, Andy Isabella last week, Wide receiver 17, my third most owned player in basketball. McCole Hardman, wide receiver 21 last week, my 13th most owned player in basketball. It was uh, it was a dang good week. Oh, not to mention uh, 
Cole Beasley came through uh, with 16 PPR points, finished 28th in PPR, nothing amazing, but he was my most owned player in best ball as a last round pick in so many leagues this year. And he's came through now on two weeks and yeah, it, it, uh, it was a week for wide receivers hitting for me finally, which uh, the first two weeks weren't great, especially for guys like cup and Boyd, but they, uh, they seem to rebound in great ways. And, especially Tyler Boyd. I think if that target share shifts from uh, AJ Green over to him, that we can be seeing uh, a lot of big weeks from Tyler Boyd throughout the rest of the season. I it, it seems like Joe Burrow has thrown in the towel on AJ Green, doesn't it? No, I mean, AJ Green's still got a bunch of targets, but he just isn't the most targeted, which I think is huge. I think the more they pivot away from AJ Green and start using Boyd and Higgins and uh, just kind of embrace their other weapons. They're 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 going to be a lot better off. So I think that uh, you know for Boyd, it, it's been fantastic that AJ Green struggled because it was pretty obvious that uh, you know whoever uh, was going to get the bulk of the targets there was going to have a huge target share. And you know we saw it with AJ Green through the first two weeks, and we definitely saw it with Boyd last week. Yeah, that's how you take wide receiver victory laps, Josh. You didn't start by like talking trash about how DeAndre Washington was released from the Chiefs, though. <laughs> also, really. I'll, I'll take an Eric Ebron victory lap, tight end three. He was one of my five most owned uh, tight ends in best ball. He was going super late in drafts and just was a guy that I thought could have some big spike weeks. And, you know, he just had one. And uh, I'll take a victory lap for all zero running back drafters because there was a ton of zero running back guys that hit this week even though I own none of them. <laughs> Not a big Rex Burkhead fan? You know, I, I had a handful of shares of Rex Burkhead, but not, like, a ton of him. James Robinson, I got on very late, as I think everyone who was on James Robinson did, but because of that, like, not a ton of ownership. And then guys like Mike Davis, Jeff Wilson, Daryl Henderson, like, these guys all placed in the top 12 last week. Those are all guys who were going probably outside the first 10 rounds of drafts, so... Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, and then you have Jerick McKinnon right down there, at, uh, you know, running back 14. So that's the only one that I owned a good amount of, of that group. But uh, but yeah, it was a great week for zero running back as well. Yeah, you see, see how you see how when you run victory laps, how it feels good. I I, I still have to do this. I still have to do these. We have to do these every week just to counter the the fantasy community who who continues to go on Twitter on Monday mornings. Oh. Oh, or Tuesday mornings and cries about their bad their bad decisions. It's weird. I gotta get one more in, guys. Jerry Goff. I have to rub that one in. Jerry Goff QB five. Hey guys, how's Sam Darnold doing? You remember that debate? Do you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh, Jerry Goff is such trash, though. We didn't we didn't account for Adam Gase. That was our Everything but fantasy, guys. If if Adam Gase was Jeff uh, was Goff's quarter uh, coach. We'd be having the opposite conversation. Because so. coaching matters. Another thing Josh was arguing against all offseason. I'm just oh. getting runs left and right over here, Neil. <laughs> listen, listen, Adam. Let me get some. Let me get some laps in, bro. Let me get some laps in. I oh, mean, I feel. I feel like I have to run victory laps every week for McKinnon. Every oh, week he does amazing, as as expected. He he did hurt his ribs right in the fourth quarter, so we're hoping he's just nursing that. You know he'll be back, but I mean another great week, another great week for McKinnon again, another big week in the books. I'm excited about. It. I'm excited. I I believe he's fine. His ribs are fine. He'll play this week, and he's back in my lineup again. It doesn't matter. And I'm not gonna you know keep dragging on like Adam here. He definitely definitely he ran about two miles just now with us here. 
But shout out to Antonio Gibson, who you guys told me didn't matter. Shout out to Hunter Renfro, who you guys also told me never matters. And shout out to Randall Cobb, who I think Adam said didn't matter last week because Brandon Cooks was there, and that's who mattered more. So shout out to Randall Cobb, who matters. Really just shout out to Antonio Gibson getting 10 PPR points. Yeah, man, I'm fine with it. Actually, he got me more than 10 in, in, in league. That's so standard. I, I'm looking at the wrong shit. Yeah. I, I'm Depending on the scoring, 14, 15, 16, 18. I don't know what it was, but I'll take it. I'll take it all day. I'll take it all day, man. I'll take it, it all day long. 13, a little bit better. I mean, I'll take it know, all day long. Yeah, I I was fine with Antonio Gibson when he was like a you know eighth round pick or ninth round pick. It's when he was getting in the fifth round that uh, you guys were a little a little crazy. We'll see how it continues to grow, man. But hey, Adrian Peterson wasn't lying, man. They do, they did, are they are, you know, giving him a lot of play. So. And and Adrian Peterson, who we talked about, was it before week one, where we we're like the Lions can't possibly really run this dude out there like that, right? And they just keep doing it. It's crazy. It's nuts. This is what Matt Patricia dreams about all offseason: <laughs> handing the ball to Adrian Peterson fifteen times a game. It's crazy. It's so it's kind of weird to me because they signed him what right before week one. Mm-hmm. And it's just weird to me that you like practice with all these players the entire like you know weird offseason that we had and all this stuff and then you just sign this guy that you didn't know was going to be cut and then he's your guy that gets all the work it's just odd that it just i don't know it just doesn't seem right but it is what it is i guess i can't it's, it's it. like it's why it's not why because i didn't know this was going to happen but i totally expected leonard fournette to go to tampa and get all the work yeah <laughs> we know <laughs> uh. The difference between Adrian Peterson and Leonard Fournette is uh, the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. One of those jackets. It, you know, and, and the coach. Coaching matters. Having a coach that. Oh, my God. Stop it. Stop it. Hey, just... listen, Josh. Josh says Josh says coaches don't matter. Storylines don't matter. Nothing matters to Josh. Nothing matters. Oh, it's all about talent. Just, right? Just those expected points. Um, expected points matter <laughs> there was some injuries this week dallas goddard ankle uh, on the ir i have to i have to make you take a victory lap because austin eckler finally hit oh but, yeah austin eckler finally. yeah but then you know, it was just, all in due time because like you're the foremost austin eckler tout for like the last four years that's I mean, true you were eckler forever and coming into this year, you were one person who was just really harping on the fact that he could be a bell cow. And this is why you were drafting him the first two rounds. You yeah. know, he was a second round pick for you. You drafted him because he had this sort of elite weekly upside. And, you know, to have him hit it in the first three weeks after, you know, the first two weeks not really living up to expectation, I think that that's huge. Yeah. Thank you for helping me rub that in, man. I was trying to, you know, I was trying to be nice, you know, to the people I'll who didn't believe you. I appreciate it, man. So back injuries. Dallas Goddard ankle got put on, I believe, IR, short term IR, I believe. I'm not sure he was on IR, but definitely out for at least a few weeks. Um, Russell Gage had a head injury. I don't know if I've seen anything new about that since I put this together. So I don't know if there's any updates on that today or recently. Um, Deontay Johnson concussion. Uh, Tariq Cohen, your boy in the Bears, ACL, right? Out, gone. I like how you said my boy. I mean, he's like, my boy, but like your team. I mean, <laughs> your team. Your team. Your team. My my three and O Chicago Bears who have had two tw- like twenty point come from behind wins. Actually, I think the one was sixteen, but nonetheless, just 
ridiculous first three weeks of the year in Chicago. Yeah, it's been nuts. And then uh, rookie Brian Edwards, Raiders, hurt his ankle. Michael Pittman hurt his ankle with the Colts. Uh, Chris Godwin, man, this is killing me. Killing me. He hurt his hamstring. Looks like it's going to be at least a few weeks for him. That sucks. I, I, I've been dealing with a lot of injuries on my teams, man, to start the season. It's been rough. A lot of injuries and guys that I put a lot of faith in. Um, any of these injuries that you guys really want to highlight, focus on, talk about, or anything before we move on to other things? Uh, Dallas Goddard, just to clarify, he is on the short-term IR, which okay. is through the season. So, it, uh, you know, it's not it's not that long that he's going to be out. But while he's out, Zach Ertz should get a, a nice target bump uh, and maybe actually perform up to his expectation coming into this year. Uh, yeah, Russell Gage, I mean – with head injuries, you just never know. Same thing with Deontay Johnson. If they're going to miss extended time, more likely than not, you want to project them to probably play this week. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what we think Cohen uh, is going to do to the, uh, you know, Bears offense, losing him. I mean, he's sort of a niche player, so I don't really know what his lack of uh, production does to that offense. If anything, it might mean more targets even for Allen Robinson, who's just been destroying so far this season so um, I mean that that can only be positive um, but yeah I mean the rest of the guys I'm not sure who's actually going to end up missing time this week I mean Chris Carson's injury was gross uh, you know I you, you hate to see some of the things that go on on a football field and these guys not really uh, I don't know quote-unquote taking care of each other which I don't I don't really even know if you're supposed to take care of your opponents but there's a difference between that and being dirty. I don't know. I can go on a whole yeah thing here, but nonetheless, it seems like Chris Carson might not miss time, and that's crazy if that's the case because that uh, definitely did not look good. Um, and yeah, I mean Chris Godwin, if he misses extended time, maybe Mike Evans sees more than two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's some opportunities there for guys. I mean there's some guys injured also well, besides Godwin there too. So so let's. So, like, with Russell Gage, are you guys going for Zacchaeus Olamide? <laughs> you picking him up? I don't know, man. The target's got to go somewhere, but I just, I mean, as a speculative ad, sure, at this point, I think that's that's really all you got to do on the waiver wire anymore is just these guys get injured and you just pick up whoever's behind them as just a, you know, hope and a prayer. Sometimes you hit Mike Davis, right, guys? <laughs> so I'm not going to knock that anymore. Just pick up guys and see what happens. Cause as far as our evaluations go, I mean, it, it's really hard to evaluate guys who are this deep on benches and you're better off just, you know, taking the chance and opportunity because opportunity rules, especially in fantasy football. So yeah. Yeah. We should have took a dual victory lap, Josh, for Mike Davis. Oh, uh, well, you know, it just, just seemed Adam's so obvious face. to me that I'm yeah. sure everybody knew that was going to happen. Except that. <laughs> so much except Adam <laughs> Deontay Johnson I don't think there's really a guy there to pick up like I think James Washington and uh Juju just soaked that up yeah Chase Claypool I guess if you yeah know. maybe I don't really know if he's out there in leagues but if he is yeah I mean in redraft he's probably out there but I don't know if you're starting him in redraft but yeah I mean he, he's another good speculative ad for sure yeah so it'll be fun Chris Godwin, the only thing I could think of is, you know, Tyler Johnson, the rookies there. You know, he, he played last week. He didn't do anything, though. Um, he, he's been doing all right at practice since he's been back and healthy. I don't know if um, Scotty's going to be out again because he was out last week, too. 
Um, so yeah, it, it, these are all, you know, worth looking, you know, paying attention to speculative ads. Um, but I don't think any of these guys you're taking their replacement and put them right in your lineup. So if that makes it clear, you know, that's probably the best way to put it. Um, well, maybe Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Hunter Renfro. If, I mean, if someone doesn't have him already, I guess, but he should be on every roster, every team, every league. That's okay. If you don't, if someone in your league doesn't have him in their league, that's crazy, but pick, pick them up for sure. Um, victory laps after the fact huh? exactly i mean listen it's better than being sad and depressed and crying to twitter about it um foals foals adam i want you to be the one that speaks on this more than any of us because as a bear fan i'm really curious you can talk from a fan perspective like just as the nfl perspective team perspective and also from a fancy perspective here but he's replaced trubisky it's it's final the coach said hey this is it like this is what we're doing like this is where we're going rest of season. So I'm curious, you're you're in Chicago, you're in the Chicago area. You know, what is your feel? What is the vibes right now on Nick Foles and the Bears? So I I gotta admit, I personally feel a little bit bad for Trubisky for how he's been portrayed in this whole thing. It was not his fault that the Bears traded up to take him second overall in the draft. That was their mistake. They fucked up. He might have been a developmental prospect in this league who could have been brought along slowly. We'll never know. But what they did to him this year, I mean, you can say it's a little dirty. At the end of the day, I don't think it is, only because ultimately there wasn't a preseason. We didn't have time to acclimate folds to the offense. So these first two weeks were kind of the preseason. And really my only takeaway from watching these games is Man, if nothing else, we got a coach, you know? I mean, the way that that offense is able to be run, I mean, Nagy has basically made an efficient offense with not even subpar, but, like, bad quarterback play a lot of times. And, um, you know, I don't think the Bears are going to be anything phenomenal this year, but they're beating bad teams, and that's what you have to do to make the playoffs in this league. So right now, I mean, Bears started 3-0. and they're on the trajectory to make the playoffs, and we know that Nick Foles has a, a horseshoe shoved up his ass come playoff time. So <laughs> I'm just going to cross my fingers that uh, some of that horseshoe stuck up there still, and uh, it can it can work out in Chicago's favor. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't like what they did to Trubisky, but I, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I'm, I think Foles is the better quarterback, and I think that in this system, they can win against subpar teams. That's fair. I'm kind of curious, you guys, for Trubisky moving forward. Is he an Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, you know, Tyrod Taylor, just backup quarterback moving all around the league kind of guy? Or do you think he disappears into the darkness? Like, what do you guys think happens with Trubisky, like, going forward? I think he sits as a, I think he sits as a backup until, until, you know, an injury puts him forward. And so then I mean, if, if he plays well, then maybe he gets signed. So do you think there's a second life as a starter somewhere for him ever? I think it's unlikely. Okay. And Adam, I mean, I'm not dropping Jameis Winston yet, but yeah. I, I'm also not counting on him. Adam, you don't see a, you see a, a starter position in the future ever for Trubisky, or you think he's going to be a backup? No, I mean, he'll probably end up as a backup somewhere and have to win a role, which I don't really know how likely that's going to be. I mean, the influx of youth into the league right now is – 
playing at a very high level. Um, so I think it makes it much more difficult to be a guy who floats around the league and gets starter snaps. That being said, injuries happen. And, you know, if he finds a backup role somewhere and can be a decent clipboard guy, then maybe he can develop long-term. I don't really see that from him personally. I think that, you know, he'll probably... He is what he is. I don't know. The Bears screwed up so much with him. It's just, it's so painful. Because at the end of the day, like, this benching right now, if they just continue to start Foles the rest of the year, I mean, this basically just makes him Josh Rosen. And look what happened to Rosen. I mean, I... I do you even know what team he's on right now? Because I think he was on Miami, but I don't know. I literally do not know what team he's on. So that's probably going to be Trubisky in two years. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, he doesn't have to worry because 30-something teams will pass on super talented quarterbacks like, you know, Cam Newton when the time comes. So he'll get a chance somewhere, you know, no matter no matter how talented the options are out there. And I believe – I think Josh Rosen plays for the Bucks now. I, I could be wrong, but – I think that's where he went. Tom Brady's backup or something. I think that's right. Sounds right to me. I don't think it matters. <laughs> All right. So Nick Foles, it is, man. I mean, also, before we move on from Foles, do you guys like the weapons in Chicago more because of this? Or does it not change a thing for the barrels, wide receivers and tight ends and all that good stuff? I like it more. I think more? it gives it a little bit more consistency. Just just a little, not a ton, I mean, but I think that offense has been moving pretty damn well so far. I think if you have Allen Robinson, he's obviously a must-start guy. Um, I mean, you know, with the loss of Tariq Cohen, there's going to be more targets to go around. So I think that, you know, if you're breaking ties, if you will, to start guys, then, yeah, I could see potentially giving more touches to, to guys on Chicago, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. You know, like like you said, if anything, it makes us a little more confident, um, you know, in, in the options there. And, you know, I, I think the Nick Foles, you know, switch to Nick Foles won't make things worse. And, hey, Jimmy Graham, man, maybe he'll be the benefactor of Cohen. It should be Anthony Miller, but, yeah, it seems like <laughs> it's Jimmy Graham. I don't – I, you know what's so infuriating? I have Jimmy Graham on a dynasty roster, and I'm not starting. <laughs> and he just – He's doing this, and it's annoying. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just yeah. This is why you should play Dynasty Best Ball, I guess. Yeah. All right. Let's move over to trust issues. Trust issues, where we discuss players and situations and teams, and we say whether we trust them or whether we have trust issues with their situation. The first one I want to start with is your fantasy seasons on the line. Starting a Ravens wide receiver, do you trust it or do you have trust issues? Adam. Who they playing? I don't know. <laughs> no, I got trust issues. I mean, you know, against some opponents, I could see feeling positive, but it's just that offense can win in so many other ways that there's nothing that says that they're going to rely on their passing game. And then on top of that, if they struggle, you could be disappointed. So, for me, it's like you can be damned if they do, damned if they don't kind of situation, and I don't I don't really want to get too involved with that. I mean, ultimately, I think Mark Andrews you can feel some reliability with, um, mostly because tight end's much more, you know, difficult to predict. Not necessarily difficult to predict, but the tight ends that uh, have a reliable target share just are so much more easy to rely upon. Um, 
as far as the wide receivers there go, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely have some issues trusting them. Yeah, I mean, Marquise Brown is sitting outside the top fifty right now. Josh, he had a hundred yard game to start the season, but since then has not been so great. Um, how, how are you, man? Do you have trust issues with these guys? If the game was on the line, or do you trust having someone like Marquise Brown in your lineup? No, I don't think I would trust it. If if I was going to start a, a Ravens wide receiver, it would have to be Marquise Brown. But I mean, so far so far this year, you've gotten fifteen, nine, and three points from him. Yeah, not great. I mean, he's if if you're starting eleven guys, maybe you know he's he's a nice player to have just because he could go for thirty. But I, I don't trust that that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I was really excited about Marquise Brown coming into the year. I thought he was going to start off hotter. Obviously, like you said, with these kind of guys, he's an explosive playmaker. And any game, he can just go nuts, and you know they can get back into the swing of things. But I just, I guess maybe I had higher hopes for him. You know, after the first year and to set offense, and I don't know. I just felt a little better about them. But yeah, they have a, a tough group to trust right now. Until maybe, and again, maybe things are slow right now, and they'll just start rolling. You know, as things get more and more into it, but. Yeah, that was a uh, rough game to watch offensively. It just wasn't fun. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one we have here. Uh, knowing which Patriots running back to start. You guys have trust or trust issues with that idea? So many trust issues. <laughs> I wanted to think that I would figure it out this year, but no, nah, man, it's you know it's a mess. And the worst part is, is it's going to be an extremely successful rushing offense because of Cam. So it's like. You know, somebody there, it's not just going to be Rex this week. There will be other weeks where players in that backfield just go off. So, I I mean, I feel like, you know, they're, they're decent flex options. Once James White's back, you got to think that, you know, he still gets the majority of the targets out of that backfield. Um, but depending on who's starting each week, I mean, if you run into another week where it seems like one guy has the potential to get a workload, you gotta start him. You gotta because this is this is what can happen. Yeah, in PPR, Rex Burkhead was number two. Sony Michelle was in the top twenty, and he had over a hundred yards rushing. Obviously, we know Burkhead had a lot of work in you know the receiving game, and he had some touchdowns. And then even honestly, man, JJ Taylor, the rookie, he looked good. Like I mean, I know they didn't give him as much work as those other guys ended up getting, but like when he ran, he looked good. And I was like, damn, this whole you know every every guy they put in there is looking good right now. So yeah, I mean, it's a group that you know is going to be productive, but um, Josh, do you do you trust knowing who's going to be the most successful of the group more consistently? The only, you know, there are two Patriots that I trust, and they're Cam Newton and Julian Edelman, and and that's really it. I think Rex Burkhead is the running back that you would want to start. Interesting. He's got a, almost double Sony Michelle's expected points on the year. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> twisting data. <laughs> <laughs> and right. and he's actually, you know, I know that James White has missed time, but Rex Burkhead has been more active in the passing game this far than than James White has. So, like, I like twice as many games. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? He played twice as many games. James White is only well, you know the best ability is availability. Oh, look at that! <laughs> what a line! What a line! <laughs> Guy. But yeah, I'm just saying, no, I don't trust any of them. But if I had to put one of them in, it would be Rex Burkhead. All right, cool. Broncos, wide receivers, and tight ends. You trust or have trust issues with them with Brett Ripon? Ripon getting the start. So many trust issues. This is, 
I might not watch Thursday night. I've watched every football game so far. Like, I'm watching Red Zone on Sunday. Like, I feel like I've seen a little bit of every game. I don't. Can you watch the Jets and a third-string quarterback start for Denver? Like, what is I mean, happening? Like, what is on, happening? But I don't know how much I'm gonna pay attention to it. Yeah, what what is happening, man? Like, so many guys were available, and Jameis Winston and Cam Newton and all these things, and yeah, and Andy Dalton. You're right. I mean, there were so many quality backups, and they all ended up on teams where they just, you know, don't don't get playing time. It's crazy, but yeah. Smart teams do smart things, and that's why they're on the teams they're on, probably. But yeah, this sucks. <laughs> First they lose Sutton, then they you know lose Locke. Now they're down to their third string quarterback. Um, Josh, do you trust the wide receivers or tight ends here? Do you think there could be any kind of chemistry with Brett? I if if somebody's gonna do it, I think that it will. It'll, it'll be Noah Fant. I I feel like Noah Fant's really maybe it, it quietly. I want to say quietly having a, a really good start to the year. And, you know, Brett Ripien only has to be Ripien. sufficiently good. He doesn't have to be Joe Montana. He just has to not be Mason Rudolph. So I, I feel like Noah Fant has a chance. And Jerry Judy probably is also a decent bet. Go ahead name everybody but KJ Hamler. Well, you know, KJ Hamler is getting fewer air yards than the tight end. So. Okay. If you say so, <laughs> you're a data twister, so I'm not going to try to twist data with you. I won't, I won't, I won't go Neil, Neil and his anti-data campaign is, is like really getting legs. It's strong out here. Strong. By the way, when we ranked, I don't know if anyone remembers, when we ranked tight ends earlier, I don't know how many episodes ago that was before the season started, I had Noah Fant higher than both of you. I'm pretty sure. And I feel good about I that. I was low on Noah Fant, but yeah. he, he's playing well. I feel good about that. I feel good. We should revisit those rankings by the end of the year at some point and say, who is the closest of this fantastic Let's trio? DJ Moore to have a couple of really good weeks. Yeah, and then we'll talk about yeah you're a little behind on the uh, on that one. You're a little bit behind, buddy. Um, The next trust issue, Titans versus Steelers actually playing in week four. Trust or trust issues, Adam? Trust the issues, uh, man, I think they're going to have to figure something out. As of now, they said that they are uh, suspending all team uh, procedures for the Titans until Saturday. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work, if they're going to play a game on Sunday or Monday. Um, I don't know. I think we might see a Tuesday or Wednesday game, but I don't even know how that works with television schedules and stuff. The crazy thing is, is that they didn't have a plan for this already. Like <laughs> there should have been a plan in place, but I don't know. I mean, I've seen some things proposed online about how you can uh, use the bye weeks to rearrange the schedule a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know if that's feasible. I'll be really interested to see what the, uh, what the league does here. But I think for fantasy purposes, you kind of just have to take it as a bye week for those two teams. And uh, if they end up playing, then, you know, piece together them into your lineups. But I, I'm concerned at this point that we're even going to know come Sunday what the status is going to be of this game. Yeah, it's definitely concerning. And Josh, you were running all around Oklahoma while everyone was else in their, in their house is sheltered. So how do you feel this is going to play out, man? You trust it or you trust this game? Not you have issues with it starting. 
I, I have issues with it. They had a breakout at the Titans facility, right? Eight people tested positive. Yeah. I don't understand what changes between today and Saturday. Yeah. And it's one of those weird things. Cause like they're saying like, Oh, they're all going to work remote, this and that. And I'm, at first I'm thinking, well, how is that right? Like, how is that fair? I mean, I guess if both teams are <laughs> working remote, then there's no advantage to anybody, but it just feels weird, man. Like, I don't know if that's good for injury concerns and I don't know, man. They didn't say they didn't say who the players were, right? I don't. I didn't see a list. Yeah, I'd be interested to know who they were too. I feel like that matters. Haven't you heard? I know I have heard that you're supposed to wait two or three days before you even get tested. Stuff like that. <laughs> so, so I think at this point we're only like they can maybe get a good test on everybody involved by Monday. Are we pa- are we past like false positives and stuff yet? Because I know that was like a thing too. I think what we're saying is there's no way yeah. they should be playing. Remote. I think so too. <laughs> I I hope we're wrong, and I hope they play and everything goes fine and everyone gets healthy and better. But it just feels uh, being like rushed. Yeah, it feels rushed, and like we would be being you know extra optimistic and living in Candyland to believe this is going to work. I don't know. Um, it just doesn't feel like it will, but I would adjust your rosters as if it's not. And if everything falls great and you get your guys back in your lineup, awesome. But I would plan for it not. So those waivers that we were talking about earlier, those guys who got injured and you want to just add those replacements to your team, it might matter because it might matter more than we thought <laughs> because you might be trying to fill some holes. Uh, if you got these guys in your team, we'll see, we'll see how it all plays out. There's, we can't really predict it, but I just thought it was an interesting question. And if I'm glad that we're all on the same page, as far as we don't really trust it happening. Um, the last trust issue that I have here for is Miles Gaskin. Oh, Gaskins. Miles Gaskin staying in control of the Dolphins' backfield the rest of the season. You have trust issues with that, or do you trust it, Josh? I, I'm impressed with him. Like he he seems to have grabbed grabbed the the reins in this backfield, and I, I totally expected it to be Matt Breida, who we have seen be a, a pretty competent running back in the past. So. At this point, yeah, I like Miles Gaskin a lot more than a lot more than most players. I, I think Miles Gaskin over David Montgomery rest of the season. Wow, he also took the job from Jordan Howard, man. You you said Breida, but Jordan Howard's my guy, and he's not doing. I mean, he's getting goal line carries, but uh, yeah, man. I thought you were gonna try to be clever. You were like, he, I think he's grabbing. I think you were gonna say like the dolphin by the nose. You know, the bull by the horns. Uh, I thought you were going to get like super corny with it. Maybe oh, you missed it. It is what it is. We miss things here sometimes. So Josh trusts Miles Gas and he feels good about him. Adam, how do you feel about Miles? Yeah, I think you kind of have to trust him at this point. I think because Miami has shown that they trust him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the amount of work that he's getting so far basically shows that he's going to be the lead back there. I don't really know if that's something you can rely on every week for fantasy. But with the amount of injuries that are going on, I think that most people don't really have many other options. So when you have a guy like that who, you know, projects to get the majority of the touches in a backfield, you got to feel pretty confident in starting him right now. I want to get crazy with you guys really quick because it's got this has got me thinking here. Joe Mixon or Miles Gaskin this week? You guys are so dumb with this Joe Mixon hate. It's I want to so hear. It. I want to hear what you think. I listen to your whole podcast, bud, and you know, bail. Go ahead, bail, bail. Go ahead, get off the Joe Mixon train. And, it's not uh, about getting off. It's about getting off at the at the stop and waiting. Him in week four. I mean, you were pretty adamant about that, and that, that's fine. Go ahead, 
And yeah, then, yeah. I mean, I, I I get that he's playing the Jags, so you feel confident to talk crap right now. But yeah, exactly, because matchups matter. Right. So if matchups matter, this is is this the only matchup that mattered? The last three mattered zero, no. or I mean, it, it it's it's a bad situation for him. He definitely is not going to live up to his you know first round draft potential. That being said, if you already own him. You should be starting him in positive matchups because you already own him. Of course, if you, you know, have other guys out there that are like James Robinson, for instance, who has been crushing it through the first three weeks, by all means. But for a guy like Miles Gaskin, who's been, you know, decent, but he's not getting all the touches in that backfield and he's not on an offense that you can expect to be fantastic every week. I just, yeah, that, that for me still breaks Joe Mixon. Okay. Okay. So so James Robinson, you would start over Joe Joe Mixon. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I think James Robinson I would. Because at this point, man, James Robinson, like, he's getting all the touches in that backfield. Jacksonville's playing decently well. Like it's just it it's close enough that I can see it. I think me personally, I'm probably still starting Mixon, but that at least is a question to me like that would be tough but to me someone like miles gaskin you you gotta start mixing because at the end of the day you're stuck with him on your roster so you know you want him to do well you want him to do well while he's in your lineup and once he does well you want to be able to move on from him so you know it's hard to move on from a guy if they you know do a ton of points on your bench because then you didn't even have faith in him yeah anybody yeah, I have no problem. I mean, Miles Gaskins is probably a reach, but I don't think James, like you said, James Robinson's not a reach. Um, and and there's other guys that I'm I'm sure that are not crazy to bench Joe Mixon for. I know everyone it wants to act so tough right now because he's playing the Jags this week. So you guys have all this confidence. Um, but I'd love I'd love to hear everybody's complaints when he if he doesn't do good against the Jags. I'd love to hear what everyone says. I I, I really look forward to next week if Joe Mixon sucks. I can't wait to hear what people say. I can't wait for the data twisters like Josh and and guys like you who say, oh, you just got to keep starting them. You just got to keep starting them. I mean, that's what people say about a lot of players who suck that they drafted early. So I'm curious to see how it plays out. But I don't know. There's guys that you also drafted in the first round who you never care who they play because they're just actually good. That's what it is. So um, he's not first round worthy and he's not he was not worth the ADP that people were drafting him at by any stretch of the imagination. Because the guys you draft in those places, you don't care who they play. It just is what it is. I'm throwing it back at you. You're starting Kenyon Drake this week. What's that? Right. Kenyon Drake's the same situation. What do you mean he's the same situation? Somebody who was drafted at the one-two turn in drafts, everybody had high expectations for, and through the first three weeks is just disappointed week after week. Yeah, he's been sad. If you, Again, if you have a James Robinson, you definitely start him over Drake. It just is what it is. But what about guys like, you know, you got who who was it here that was ragging on Todd Gurley? Josh or you or both of you? Oh, yeah. definitely me. I was ragging on okay. him for sure. Yeah, so like, I mean, he's doing better than both of those guys. So like, I mean, are, you, are you starting Todd Gurley over Joe Mixon? He is 0.1 points ahead of Drake <laughs> for the record. But uh but yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm starting him over Mixon personally, but uh I can't fault anyone who would at this stage cuz yeah. apparently you know, in that offense has more touchdown potential, and that's basically what he's become. And uh, he'll score touchdowns. So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean that his workload there has got to scare people who drafted him early. I mean, 
Yeah, this is just it's just a weird situation for me. I, I, I don't know. I just I just I don't want I hate when people get stuck with that. I drafted him early, so I have to just keep riding this while I get losses and losses and losses as if I'm going to come back from these. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Not only do I know what you're saying, I actually agree with you. I think that it is matchup dependent, though. Mm-hmm. Now, for instance, if they were going up against the Patriots this week, I would not be starting Joe Mixon because that defense has been really solid so far. I think that they're going to be able to scheme against a rookie quarterback pretty well, and I don't think the Bengals will do the ball super well. But against the Jaguars, I just I, I see that as potentially even a winnable game. So, yeah, I want to start Joe Mixon in that matchup. Yeah. I mean, what I will say is, you know, coming up, Bengals have Baltimore, they have Indianapolis, they have some, you know, de- de- decent defenses they're facing. I don't, I don't know what you do with a guy like this, but um, I wouldn't hesitate to, you know, same thing. And there's guys like I know OBJ, you, you were down on him, and that's became true right now, right? He's another guy that some people drafted early. They will sit here and they'll never it's not even about joe mixon it's just about the players being drafted high and people being afraid to pull off of them does that make sense that's more my uh-huh. gripe than joe mixon or anybody else and i would agree with that sentiment yeah. i mean but there, there's a lot of guys that fall into that i mean miles sanders is another one yep. i mean far on the year he has struggled but if you're someone who focuses on workload he's gotten a ton of work so if you focus on that and you think that that ultimately turns into production, which is something I do believe, then you continue to start those kind of guys. But somebody like Todd Gurley, who isn't getting that level of work, is just getting end zone touches, which to me are a little bit more fluky, I'm not going to start. And that's how I break down volume. All right, cool. I think we got our point across there with with that situation and players of that caliber and how they're doing so far. Um, I want to jump to, can he do that again with you guys? Um, the person, first person I want to start with, this is Vikings rookie wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, seven catches, hundred plus yards and a touchdown. I won't even say 175 yards and get crazy. Just, you know, a, a high amount of catches, a hundred yards, a touchdown. Can he do that again, Josh? I, th- I think he can. I, I mean, this guy, this guy was pretty highly touted coming in. He had a very productive year with Joe Burrow. I, I expect a lot from Justin Jefferson year one. I, I I drafted him highly thinking, well, this will be the this will be the rookie receiver that is able to come into the NFL and quickly translate. So so yeah, I think I think that Justin Jefferson is capable of doing that again. Yeah, definitely. He definitely did really, really well. Adam, do you have a lot of confidence in he can do that again? I do. I think really what it just comes down to is that that is a target funnel offense it's going to be him or it's going to be Thielen or it's going to be both of them and that's it I don't think you want anybody else except for Cook obviously but I mean anybody else in that passing game those two guys are basically going to be it and if Kirk Cousins has big weeks I mean it could be like Lockett Metcalf I, I honestly do think that in big weeks but I don't really know how many Kirk Cousins going to have. I mean, he's no Russell Wilson, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and and it is important. Like people were really touting Irv Smith Jr. coming into the year that hasn't worked. Um, Kyle Rudolph is outside the top thirty, I believe, at tight end. So like they're not getting love. It's just these guys, these wide receivers and Dalvin Cook. Like that's it. Like it's not just like everyone is specific guys. Like right certain positions. So yeah, I think we all believe he can do it again. It was a amazing game. Obviously, 175 yards has a lot to ask for, but just just the idea of what he did is we believe all, we all believe can be replicated. How about another rookie wide receiver? 
Bengals rookie wide receiver T. Higgins having two touchdowns in one game. Can he do it again, Josh? I, I like T. Higgins because not because of the two touchdowns, but he had nine targets last week. So they they're gonna target they're gonna target Tyler Boyd hopefully like they did last week thirteen times I think they're and I think that they should take what they were giving to AJ Green and getting not much in return and start to focus some of that into T Higgins yeah not a lot of yards but he had the targets and he had the touchdowns um, which is is very important um, Adam do you believe he could do it again yeah I I think that. As far as can he do it again, I don't know how many multiple touchdown games he's going to have. But like Josh said, it seems like the targets there have shifted away from A.J. Green. So far through the first three weeks, they're throwing the ball a ton for having a rookie quarterback. So I think that there's definitely going to be volume available there. And and he looks like a player. It's actually really funny because coming into you know this draft class, he wasn't a guy who got talked up a lot. And I say it's kind of funny because of all things – I uh, I had a Madden season where I drafted him onto the team, and it was actually the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow, and this is last year. Um, I like played through a season. I got the Bengals, whatever. N- needless to say, like it was just ironic that Higgins went off on on that fan like fantasy team in Madden, and I didn't even think about it. And then he got drafted there, and I was like, oh, that's funny. And then this is happening in week three. And I'm like, Gee, it's like, really? I couldn't just, you know, have gotten the hint <laughs> to be more in on him in fantasy. But, yeah, I mean, it it's awesome to see. I mean, he seems like the perfect type of receiver for what a rookie quarterback needs. I mean, he's a big-body guy who really is, you know, a great possession receiver. So I think, you know especially with A.J. Green struggling, he's going to fill that role pretty well. Yeah. And, man, Joe Burrow, so fun to watch. So fun yeah. to watch, man. Even oh, as a so rookie, even on a team that, you know, not everyone was excited about, whatever the case may be. Like, and the team's not even, you know, they haven't won a game. But, like, he's still fun to watch. Like, you, you see him and you're like, oh, there's flashes of, of really great stuff happening here. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it is the difference when you talk – you know how you always knock Derek Carr at him? That's that's where you see like the difference when you look at like someone like Joe Burrow and then like Derek Carr. You're like, oh, he can't do what he does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things. Like that guy is already exciting three games into the season, and like you just when you watch Derek Carr, you're not like excited. You're just like, oh, hopefully he can like manage this through and make some plays, and you know what I mean? It's like it's a different world, man. It's a different world. I just I don't know, man. When you when you're uh, when you have a Trubisky or a Carr. You just like, man, you yearn for the days when your team gets a player like that one day, man. <laughs> it's uh it's exciting to watch all these talented quarterbacks, man. It really is. It's cool. And 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 to be a fan of those teams must be a lot of fun. Um, all right. The next one, Mike Davis gets a hundred total yards and a touchdown. Can it happen? Can he do it again, Adam? Who are they playing this week? Let me look. Let me look. A, a very matchup oriented. <laughs> very matchup oriented. I need some results. It's so frustrating to me because he did exactly what I like. Like, I like guys who catch the ball before they break out. And I just, I wanted to be contrarian because Neil was so in on it and so confident. <laughs> uh, they're playing the Cardinals. Damn it. I want to take off my headphones and walk away. Yeah, he's going to do it again. <laughs> it's kind of like he was worth all the fab. It's kind of like that. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like maybe it won't. Maybe the Cardinals will uh, get enough of a lead early that they have to have to pass. But then he's going to get all the PPR points. Damn it, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you put the money in or you drafted the team's backup running back before the season started, you knew what you were doing, man. You just stayed ahead of the game. Josh, did you get him anywhere last week? I got him in lots of places. Nice. <laughs> you wasted the whole did you did you spend all the money? Or did you not have to? Oh yeah. Like in SFB I went all the way in. I play in one league that has a thousand dollars fab and I think I went nine hundred on Mike Davis. So I, I <laughs> Enjoy the next three weeks, guys. It's gonna be cool. How yeah. is it that they throw the ball more to him than they do to Christian McCaffrey? I don't understand this. Teddy Bridgewater, I got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> do you remember when Mike Davis? I think he was drafted by like the 49ers. Like how much people loved him coming out. Like I do. yeah, he was he was a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for him, man. So it's just it's coming to fruition, man. Just be excited at him. Be excited and get him on your team somehow, man. I still have him. Whenever you want to trade, just let me know, man. Um <laughs> the next one. Alan Lazard gets a hundred yards and a touchdown. Can he do that again, Josh? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Too many fish out there. There's too many what? mouths to feed in Green Bay. Anyone can do it any week. You just don't. Or you yeah, just don't like him. I, don't, or what is it? I don't think that this is an Alan Lazard breakout. I think that he had a good week and his career has probably peaked. Wow! Wow! Well, everybody is loving Alan Lazard. Our data analytics twister here. Has found a reason to not like him, and I'm curious what well, you think. I just I refuse to believe that Aaron Rodgers elevates players, and so I'm just, just I forgot hate 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 hate. I forgot you're an Aaron Rodgers hater, also. <laughs> yeah, Adam, this guy is is finding ways to make sense of this to himself. What, what do you think about what Josh is saying here, man? Hey, hey, Josh, they play the Falcons on Monday night. No, so, might have three wide receivers go for a hundred. <laughs> I mean, come on. so yeah, I mean, I'm just going to take a trip down narrative street and say it's going to happen, even though, I mean, it's probably unlikely, but I think he probably has a good game and his fantasy relevant and, you know, it doesn't disappoint your fantasy lineups, but uh, I mean, a hundred yards and a touchdown, it's difficult, but I, I definitely think it's possible in this matchup. I'm curious who, who will have the bigger week, Mike Davis or Alan Lazard? Give me Lazard. I will fight you. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Davis is definitely bringing the floor, but (laughs) if Alan Lazard wins, it'll be like a 360 slam dunk kind of a week. (laughs) Uh, That's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, And the last one, Joe Mixon with less than 70 yards and zero touchdowns. Can you do that again, Adam? (laughs) So mean. It is. It's so mean, but no. No, he can't do it again. He's going to do better than that. This is his week. And if it's not, then don't, don't start him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, man, is this the week, man? Is this what everyone's been waiting for? Is this what everyone got their four loss, three losses in a row for? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like Joe Mixon makes me question the numbers because it's he's always had like the really good evaded tackles, real all of the things that are supposed to indicate, indicate running back talent Joe Mixon has had, but he's just been behind a good line or, he's just, or a bad line or has just been on a bad team. And now he's got a good quarterback, doesn't necessarily have a good line, but he's just not doing it. And I feel like this is a situation where you stick with him 
and you just wait for the variance to catch up. You just wait for things to finally fall right with the volume. But it needs to happen soon. What I would like is for Joe Mixon to have a good week this week and you come back, data twisting away, and make sense of it for us. Can you do that? Can you make the data make sense if he has a good game week four for us? I, I will just say all the things I just said, that okay. he had the volume, that he had, you know, there were some indicators there, but that he was a talented player and that it finally just, he finally just stopped being unlucky. He's just a late but bloomer. It's been going on for, I feel, two years now. You know, some people grow a mustache in middle school. Some people grow it in college. It is what it is. Sometimes it will take a little longer to develop. So maybe it's week four. We'll see. If you're a slow developing running back, you're just bad. Uh, uh, watch your mouth, Josh. Watch your mouth. It's just freak incidents right now. And it's going to come around. Just wait. Before we jump into foul or no foul and wrap this bad boy up, we can't skip the not so obvious lock of the week, fellas. This week was rough. Or week three was rough. None of us technically did anything amazing to garner a victory. Adam, this is this was a conversation me and you had offline. Do, do you guys feel like somebody should still be designated with a victory this week, or do you feel like we should call it a tie like the Bengals? <laughs> I, just, I love that. that they, we all lost. Yeah, I agree. I, I love that those two teams who are winless met and still somehow left the game. <laughs> yeah, and I love that Drew Sample played in that game, guys. Yeah. Does anyone want to read off his line? It was one for one. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'm real bad at this. If only he so, would have got more targets. You guys haven't gone too far ahead of me. Yeah, only it could have been seven for three. Oh, my God. Bad, bad, bad. All right, so we all did bad last week. It wasn't great. It wasn't pretty, right? It wasn't pretty. That's fair to say. Josh, you did the best. But, again, we don't want to call you a winner when you're not. This was a tie. This was a tie of bad, just a tie of ugliness. So because you had the higher score, I'll still let you go first. So you'll still have the opportunity to steal one of our players or whatever the case may be. So you can go first with your not so obvious lock of the week for week four. Okay. I want to say that I am already because of players we have talked about on my third player. Okay. <laughs> so I, I came in wanting to talk about Miles Gaskin and you all took that from me. And, and then I had T. Higgins, and that we talked about that. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm on my number three player, and it is Nicole Hardman. I, Nicole Hardman is catching fire. He's heating up. This is going to happen. It's going to happen. I talked about him in the offseason. Adam talked about him here in the, in the victory laps. He drafted him a lot in best ball. He believed. And you believe in him in week four. I do. I, I think that Nicole Hardman has has enough to contribute to what should be a very, very easy situation to contribute in. <laughs> and I just want him to, to do that thing that That's they drafted fair. him to do so early. That's fair. I like it. You know, I like explosive yeah, playmakers. So that's a good one. That's a good one. Adam, I will let you go second because you have no wins still, and I feel bad. So No, I – I would prefer to go third. You would. You would. Okay. 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 So I, I kind of have two names here. And I'm trying to really pick between them because one is kind of injury dependent. And so I don't know if I should go that route because if, he, if the person isn't injured ahead of him, then it's kind of pointless. 
Um, so I'm trying to think here if I should just not go that way at all. Um, all right, I'll go with the guy who's not injury dependent, and that is Preston Williams. I feel good again for Preston Williams this week. He caught a touchdown last week. They're playing the Seahawks this week, who give up the most yards to receivers. It feels like they give up as much as they get. And so I feel good with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're going to be playing from behind. They're going to need to score points. They're going to have to take shots. And I feel like Preston Williams can do some things. Sure, he can get a touchdown, but I feel like this is the game he gets yards to. So I'm going to go with Preston Williams and my not-so-obvious lock of the week. By the way, Devontae Parker has just been chugging along, right? But Preston Williams... He has. Preston Williams was highly touted. I was told he was better than Devontae Parker. And Devontae Parker wasn't going to do shit because Preston Williams is back. That's not been the case. You guys were wrong. But this week, Preston Williams will do good along with Devontae Parker um, and match it. So uh, I feel good. Not-so-obvious lock of the week. Preston Williams, that's where I'm putting it. Okay. Adam. I can hit on Preston Williams. I mean. Adam? Yeah, I'm just, I'm so bad at this that I've overthought this to the point where I don't have one. What? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm stalling. I, okay, let me let me talk about my other guy that I had just in case. No, no, no. You can't tell. If you do that, then you're just going to steal another guy from me. You Josh wouldn't. already stole two. Josh was like, I'm just going to name three guys because <laughs> I'm going today and i just want to make it so difficult for everyone so <laughs> for reference you know t higgins was gonna be my first pick but it, it's fine. Oh, it's gone. you should it's go gone. i don't want t higgins because josh already said no to t higgins so now i can't do t higgins so i moved down from t higgins so i'm over on the bears and i think anthony miller's finally gonna really break out this week i ultimately I think with the loss of Tariq Cohen, there's going to be more targets to go around. It's a good matchup against the Colts. It's Nick Foles' first start there. And I don't think all the targets can go to Allen Robinson. Jimmy Graham is a geriatric who somehow is still getting, you know, two touchdowns and six catches in a game. So I think that that's going to shift to the youth. And Anthony Miller is finally going to have, like, a relevant PPR performance. You know, a shout-out to the old tight ends. Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham. They're out here plugging away, man. I think, you know, you're in danger with your Anthony Miller because that old that old tight end, man, he's putting in work. But, no, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. I'm just giving you crap. Um, I do want to say the other guy that I was going to say is Gabriel Davis, if John Brown's out. Um, I like that rookie a lot in Buffalo, and I like the Buffalo offense a lot. And so uh, Gabriel Davis, I think, is a good one if John Brown is out. He's not my – not so obvious soccer week. It's just a. Well, my other one that I was going to say Cole was Beasley. Cole Beasley. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say that I didn't say that because I gave Josh such a hard time for saying CD Lamb last week. <laughs> they identical line of six for 100. So it just seemed too on the nose to go with Cole Beasley. But I will say I am starting Cole Beasley in a couple leagues that I own him in. And obviously, you know, I'm hoping that he comes through for me in best ball as well. But, uh, yeah, the Bills, I mean, they have what is just set up to be a just barn burner of a matchup with the Raiders. I think that that potentially has, you know, um, the I – don't, I haven't looked. It probably has the highest total of the week except for the uh, Packers-Falcons, but, like, the highest on the main slate. Uh, I'm not positive of that, but I would guess that that's probably the case, although the Patriots-Chiefs. Eh, Patriots slow the game down. Who knows? I'll look now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. So Preston Williams for me, Anthony Miller for Adam, 
and Josh. I already forgot who you said. Oh crap! It wasn't Miles Gaskin. It wasn't <laughs> T. Higgins. It was Nico Hardman. Nico Hardman. Okay, I just want to track. I try to track these. I just want to make sure I keep them written down here, so I have them. All right, cool. So we have those in the books. Yeah, guys, we don't plan these out ahead of time. We do not tell each other what we're about to do. So um, there is no funny business going here at the Cloud Dodgers podcast. Um, all right, that's it for now. So I always talk to weeks. We have foul or no foul. I just have three of them for you guys. Let's knock these out. The first one I have here is celebrity presidential endorsements actually sway votes. Foul or no foul, Josh? I think they do. You think they I think do? they do, especially if it's like, an Oprah or, you know, I might be swayed by somebody like Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, buddy. Got <laughs> his big endorsement this weekend. You know, that's why, that's why I thought about it. I was like, is this really work? Like, you know, does this really happen? Because, you know, when you have conversations about politics, it's the thing you stay away from for most people, right? Because you're going to fight, you're going to argue, and people are like locked into their thing. So then I'm like, well, what does these celebrities coming out really sway then are they just swaying like the youth who doesn't really have an opinion like they're not swaying the diehards right the adults they're swaying the children right the younger people the younger generation i should say that's what i think is happening you know i think it's interesting i think they probably do sway more adults than we'd like to think what adult 40 years old is sitting at his house right now like what Dwayne johnson he said he's a democrat he's going for biden so am i I, he That's didn't happening? sway me, but I was happy to see Dwayne Johnson on my side of things. Yeah, that's different to be excited about. It. I get that. But like seeing people sway like, oh, snap. he chose that guy? Oh, I'm going that way now. I was on the other side, but nah. If The Rock's on this side, I'm on this side. Like, I just don't believe that happens in adults. I could be wrong. I just feel like it doesn't. I feel like it works for like the non-people who aren't signed up to vote or like the younger generation. But I guess it could happen. You know, I guess it could happen. I guess there are people who could flip-flop that easily, but... It just seems crazy to me, but I was just curious what you thought. It probably, it's probably not good to ask Adam since he's going to get into some conspiracy about what this meant um, and tell us The Rock was paid by somebody and this and that. And this definitely has to do with aliens and spaceships. And it's probably not good to bring Adam down that, that rabbit hole, right, Adam? Yeah, what you said. I, guess. I think he's still looking up stuff from like not so obvious lock of the week. So um, let's skip Adam on that one. Uh, the next one, we talked about Dallas Goddard being out. The Eagles signed Hakeem Butler to replace Goddard, and they announced him as a tight end instead of a wide receiver. If you remember, Hakeem Butler had a lot of love coming into the league. Lots of people had him as their darling during the draft, and he didn't pan out. It didn't work out so well. But when they announced him as a tight end, he must be the next Darren Waller. Foul or no foul, Josh? I'm calling I'm calling it a foul. Oh, I think- come on. Yeah, I don't, I'm not buying it. <laughs> uh, it's nice when people dream. I just seen it floating around Twitter. I said, these people are crazy. They really want this Kimmy Butler to be a thing, man. They really want him to be a thing. Hey, if it if it works, I feel like more guys should try it. Like if they fail at wide receiver or they don't do super great or they don't hit you know, what they wanted to hit, I feel like I wish more guys would change positions. I don't know if that's not an option for most guys or like what it is, but I just feel like, some guys maybe could just use a position switch and like have a lot of success. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy to believe that. So no, I think it's smart of him to do that. Yeah. I didn't realize that was going on, honestly. Yeah, is that does that pique your interest at all? Does that does that you know Hakeem Butler's few deep league ads? What is that going to do, Josh? Maybe you know maybe. I, I'm pulling for him. Maybe. I hope he's successful. 
you don't, if I you don't get, if you, really willing to put any investment behind him. That's the kind of guy that Adam will put his whole stock into. Like he, Mike Davis, no, but Hakeem Butler for sure. It's definitely gonna happen. Definitely gonna happen. Adam. Oh man, you can just skip me on this one. All right, let's keep you on that one too. This guy is crazy. He's definitely into some research over there. Uh, LeBron and the Lakers, they're going to be facing the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. This series will no doubt have tension due to the fact that the Heat organization wants to beat LeBron and LeBron wants to beat his old team. Fowler, no foul, Josh. So it's, it's give me the foul or no foul line. Okay, so LeBron and the Heat will both say that there's nothing extra in this. Oh yeah, because of the sure. fact that you know he played for the Heat, they won championships. Now he's playing for the Lakers. They got this young Heat team that wants to you know play the Lakers and beat them. And they're saying that LeBron being an ex Heat player has no no effect, and neither one is like more driven because of that. Fallon yeah, I agree. I agree. They're definitely going to come out and say that, and also talk shit about each other in the locker room. <laughs> I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited. I don't really have you know a care who wins this one. As not, I don't like have a particular amount of hate for either team, so. That's going to be just fun to watch, you know, this Laker powerhouse that they built versus these young guys in Miami. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I know a lot of football fans listening, but if you're not into basketball, everyone's going to watch the finals, I would assume, be a part of it in some way, shape, or form. So it's fun to watch. Um, and I'm going to ignore Adam on this one, too. So that's great. Um, we're going to move over to show and tell. I don't know if Adam has anything for this or Josh, if you have anything for this, but I want to start with. What I want to show and tell is my Scott Fishbowl ranking because I'm really good. I'm in, you know, pretty high up there and I can't seem to find you guys around me. So if you could show and tell me where you're at in the Scott Fishbowl Fishbowl rankings, that'd be great. Josh? I'm very, I'm very low, Neil. Oh, why? Why? That's weird. Very low. And I'm tired of talking about it, quite frankly. (laughs) I'm just trying to figure out, like, I was... I was for sure like, you know, I seen myself and I'm like, for sure these guys are like here somewhere. I'm like looking at them. I don't see him. I find other Adams, other Josh's. And I just can't, I can't find when you I guys. Find out how you're cheating at SFB. I'm going to tell the world. I, I just, no, he's not cheating. He's just focusing on the wrong things. Neil's all about points. He's all about those stats. Mm. He's one of them stats guys. You know what matters? <laughs> wins, Josh. It's all about wins. Who's undefeated in the Scott Fishbowl? Yeah, that's right. This guy. And Neil, he's focusing on numbers. He focuses on stats. He's one of these analytics guys who thinks <laughs> that it's all about how many points you score. No, Neil, it's about wins. Wins and losses, baby. I don't know, man. Those those wins, when you don't score a lot of points, they, they, they tend to dry up, man. You tend to stop playing know. bad teams. They haven't yet. Why would I expect them to dry up? That sounds like predicting. Predictions? Mm-hmm. Sounds like analytics to me. That's, I don't like. That sounds like the same stuff that people who keep continue to believe in Joe Mixon think, right? Exactly. It's yeah. nonsense. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Neil. You got to get out of that nonsense thinking. Gotcha. It's all about wins. Gotcha. How many wins do you? That's what matters. All right. So Adam's gotten lucky and has three wins. Doesn't score a lot of points, but he doesn't think that's a, ma- a big deal. So he's in the 600s. I'm in the 100s, and Josh. I mean, I don't want to... 976, something like that? <laughs> uh, you think. I mean, you seem to know a pretty specific number there, buddy. Well, George, George so graciously blasted it all over our our group chat, right. as George does. All right. I think you're, like, you know, fighting to stay above 1,000. No, so. it was Barrel. Bar- it was Barrel. These friends I have. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, you're fighting to stay above 1,000. I, I appreciate that. I respect it. Um, yeah, so my show and tell was that, was our rankings in the Scott Fishbowl. I have nothing else to share with you guys. I just wanted to, I wanted you guys to help me find where you were. That's all. Um, Adam, mm-hmm. do you have anything today, man? Uh, no. <laughs> Adam is disappointed at the end of this episode. Very yeah, Joe Mixon like. Very Joe Mixon like. Uh, <laughs> Very Joe Mixon like. You, you stop at the 60 yards. It's just, you just call it a day there, right? 60 yards, you're like, forget that whole going over the end zone thing and 100 yards. Like, man, it's too much to ask for. Um, so, at uh, Josh, do you have anything? I want, I want to ask you guys a question. I want to tell you, I want you to tell me if you think I committed a foul here. So it's kind of a foul or no foul. Okay. All right. So across, across the, the way from me, they, a construction company like demolished this huge office building and like six or eight houses. Right. And they're going to build a new strip mall or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's all these bricks laying around and I mean, you can do stuff with bricks. You can like build a fire pit, do a walkway. You you can do things. Definitely. So I went and stole like two truckloads of bricks. Wow. Okay. <laughs> do you think that's a bad thing? Well, I mean, you use the you word admitting to a crime on a podcast. Yeah. I mean, you use the word stole in the description. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I I understand that it's their property. It's, but I also think that they're probably just going to scoop these bricks off at, up and then go dump them somewhere and probably have to pay by the ton to dump it. I didn't know. Neil, I'm sorry. Was the uh, theme tonight admitting to crimes? <laughs> I, I mean, I think... So, I mean, I can admit to one. I, I got those on tap. I just didn't have any cool, neat things for people to check out. Yeah, usually I talk about crime podcasts at this part. So maybe he thought, like, this is where we blurt out crimes that we commit. It's totally possible. I feel like that's actually a fine, like it's an okay thing to do, right? I mean, if it was trash, like it was out at the trash spot where trash trucks are going to come and take it or something, then that's fine because people will pull up in front of your house and take your trash. If you put a chair out there or whatever, you know, they'll take something. That's cool. I don't think that's illegal. That's fine. We're, you know, we're getting rid of it. But, you know, you had no confirmation that they were getting rid of it. You didn't ask. You didn't know for sure because you kept saying the word think, think, think. And I mean, they could, you said they're, I'm sure they would have to dump this somewhere and pay for it. Maybe they're going to dump it somewhere and they get paid for dumping it somewhere. Who knows? Like people donate scraps and get paid for it. So yeah, I'm going to consider this a a crime and uh, you just, you know, incriminated yourself. I'm not cutting this from the episode. So if we have two hosts next week, you know why folks, we won't explain. It's because Neil fired me. No, no, no. (laughs) Well, I would fire you for the end of the episode. And then also Josh will be in jail. Um, so there may be a GoFundMe. I hope up. you guys enjoy those solo episodes. Yeah, there may be. Yeah, those are fucking fire. But there may be a GoFundMe up for Josh to get him out of jail. I'm sure everybody will get together for that. Josh, what are you doing with them? What are you going to build with them? Fire pit is the plan. Oh, the thing you said. Okay. All right. Did you need two truckloads for a fire? Well, pit? there are also just places where I don't want grass. Gotcha. And so I'm just going to put brick down. Gotcha. <laughs> So I guess we should just go around demolishing buildings and taking whatever comes out of that. Yeah, like this, it's just a house that's been, you know, knocked over. There's house scraps everywhere. These bricks all have mortar on them. So I don't think they're really fit to be used again in a real construction project. I see safety hazard. 
So you're protecting people. Yeah, I'm sure if I would have asked this construction company for permission to go do this, they would have said no because you might get hurt and we'd be liable. That's fair. I'm going to put this down in the the category of you trying to do a human deed by protecting the people who may actually take this and try to build, rebuild a house with it. So I think you did the right thing, Josh. Okay. All right. Okay. And if you're in the Oklahoma City Police Department, um, I have no information for you. Too late. I got away with it. <laughs> Too late. Josh, was, you're just making this story up, right, Josh? Um, Maybe. Totally fabricated to sound cool on the podcast. Makes sense. All right. That is it for show and tell uh, because I don't want Josh to speak any further about anything he did. So that is it. You can find Josh at JC Crocker when he's not out in his truck picking up your trash and building <laughs> fire prints. Um, Adam can be found at the other FF guy. And not at the end of episodes, apparently. And you can find me at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram. You guys want to interact with us, send questions, talk to us, whatever the whatever you want to do. We're here for it. That's all we have for today. I'm done. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Leave some reviews if you haven't already. Other than that, be kind, be great. Be great. Keep dying. Keep dying.